Welcome back, and on this episode, we are joined once again by Luke from the Rugby League Lounge, and we have part four of our season preview. This will be our last episode before we reach the season proper. Please, if you haven't done so already, we really appreciate any sort of likes and support we can get on our social media pages. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and anywhere you where you listen to your podcast. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, enjoy our part four of our season preview. Welcome back, guys, and we have part four of our season preview, which is the three big big dogs um, from last season and. Um, it's going to be an episode, I think, that's going to be an interesting one, I think, because I feel like they were so strong last year, these teams. The two of them were probably surprise packets. It's going to be interesting to see what we think moving ahead for these teams, if they're going to be up there once again or if there's strong cases for all all three teams, um, if they could slide down a little bit. But once again, joined by Luke from the Rugby League Lounge, and I'm going to throw him straight into it. We've got the Cowboys next and um, a couple of sort of small gains in in James Tamos coming back for a reunion. You've got Jack um, Gazjeski from the Dragons uh, up there as well now, but they've lost players like Tom Gilbert, uh, the Hammer, Ben Condon as well. So a little bit of a a mixed bag there. I think it sort of evens itself out really. Uh, What do you think of the Cowboys for 2023? Yeah, let's just get straight into the cows with me saying, basically, I think they're going to keep where they're at. I think they're going to trend quite well. Um, like you said, it's, and, you know, we'll get to it with the Sharks as well, where if a drop-off is predicted by some, I would, I could definitely see where they're coming from just because, look, we were predicting them to be wooden spoons. Um but then you look at it, and now you're thinking, if you just look at the spine, Drinkwater's a, you know, he's not New South Wales fullback, not at any stretch. But it's like if Teddy goes down and he's playing better footy than Dylan Edwards, he's in. You've got Tom Dearden, who's the next Queensland number six after Munster. you got Chad Townsend, who's won a premiership. That guy that everyone was saying would be perfect for the Warriors, but just didn't plan out when he went there. Is just as, you know... Organising seven turned out that's what he was for the Cowboys, and you got Reese Robson who's going to be the next in line for the Blues jumper, and then there's a lots of storylines like that for the Queen, um, for the backs and for the four pack. Where look at the start of the year, you're saying Drinky's not even in your spine. Tom did, and you know he was yeah. hot, but he has he's too small. Chad Townsend's pass at Reese Robson just maybe runs it too much. He's just not designed for the game. It's just crazy how a year changes. But I think Toddy has got the best out of them. And I think you forget that the rep, how good Valentine Holmes was before he come, um, went to NFL. Jason Tamalolo bounced back from year. It's just all working out. And I think their losses aren't too severe. And I just, even though they lost on the, um, was it the weekend just been to the Broncos, there was still a lot of good there, and it is just a trial as well. Um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking the cows, and I've thought about the last couple of days. Um, in terms of strength of schedule, I had a quick look at the strength of schedule lately, and I think they've got a favourable one. And also, they do get hurt a bit by origin, but I think 
not too bad. Like this spine could potentially be left alone. There's a chance Reese Robson gets in there and dead and obviously got called up last year. I think there's a good chance that they finished third last year. I I would pick them to either be there or over. Yeah. Um, I like their chances, and I think I'm sensing the grand final. Since the grand final, um, I just hope their defense is there because it's starting to drop off just slightly. But I think, yeah, I think the continuity is there. So yeah, I'm liking the cows this year. I'm liking a lot of their players. I don't see any of their players dropping off. Um, you could say maybe Chad's age, but I think because of his role, he they don't need him to do a lot. It's just what he's good at, that he doesn't have to pl- overplay his hand. So, yeah, I'm liking the cows. I'm I'm very similar to you, so I don't want to make this too too boring for, for the listeners, but I, I feel like the Cowboys will be pretty much right where they were this year, um, uh, last year, sorry. They they're so disappointed with not making the grand final where they were so close, got that home uh, semi-final, prelim final, and they just couldn't couldn't get across the line to, to the Eels. But for mine, my question to come back at that would be, is there a slight concern because they did come from the clouds? They literally, most people last year, this time last year, had them as wooden spooners. Now we look back and we look at their roster and we see the players that they've had and it's such quality. We, you sort of sit there and go, well, a bit of egg in our faces, how stupid were we? But it was only a year ago where we thought this roster, because really not much has changed, was a wooden spoon roster. So mm. I know Todd Payton has done such a wonderful job with that club at the moment and really got their players up for it. Is it a possibility that that was only a one-season, one-hit wonder type thing and they come back to the pack dramatically? Um, or is it the fact that Payton's actually got them out of this sort of funk, so to speak, and they're able to now produce what they probably should have been producing for the couple of years before that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I look at it in the sense that it's like a jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. where you've got all these pieces, but it seems like it's going to be very difficult to get it the fit. Yeah, And I think Todd Payton somehow got it the fit because yeah. you look at, they had a lot of, and like we talked about with Drinky, you know, not being in their um, starting team. Like, they had a potential fullback debate with Hamaso and Drinkwater, which Hamaso won at the start of the season. We didn't know where Valentine Holmes was going to be. We didn't know if Jack Tamalolo was going to have a decrease in minutes. We didn't know how legit. And I think just everything's come together just way, just very quick. And I think they've got, they've, they know where the pieces fit now. Yeah, It's just, I think it was just crazy how quick, it went together, but I just wonder if that the the season before was kind of Todd had his master plan, but didn't know. Yeah, we didn't really see it ignited. Um, and then their off season has somewhat become infamous in a way. Um, that is a little concern too. Like it's like you put all this effort into one off season in terms of there was ridiculous stories about their fitness and how grueling it was. I just wonder. Hopefully they don't go kind of, hopefully they get that right balance this year is yeah. what I'm saying. Maybe it's one of those training train off seasons that can't be sustained. Um but yeah and I've just got to give a shout out because there's a little bit of bias coming for me. My one of my good mates, Griffin Neem, is in the team. I haven't but I honestly think 
and see if you agree or not, I think he's in for a big season. He really impressed me in the trial. He had a couple of years, a couple of missed tackles. The error was, I don't know if you see, he was in broken play, and it's like he was got a bit of a shock there and had soap on his hands. But I think he was a bit um, gutted. I know he was gutted about not making the Kiwis. And when I saw Isaac Leal made it in front of him, I thought, oh, actually, that might have been his spot. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and I think there's a couple other ones. you got Lukey coming back. I think um, you did well with his last name before, but the guy from Manly, I think he is going to prove yeah. Yeah. Um, to get a spot in there as well. Tom Chester, Riley Price. They've actually got a good young depth coming in too. Um, yeah, I'm excited about them, and I think their home advantage is one of the best home advantages yeah. in the comp as well. I, I was about to make that point as well. I think that's probably the worst away trip you can make, mm. um, especially because of the quality that they're producing at the moment. You don't want to go up there in the conditions of hot, sweaty, real like You're on the field, you're already dripping with sweat, which a lot of teams, especially the big men, won't like. And the Cowboys have a very mobile pack that adjusts really well to that. Um, the only slight concern, I guess, what I'm reckon Cowboys fans might have is that element of surprise will be gone now where last year they had that probably the first 10 weeks until teams really started to take him seriously. I know for a fact they versed Parra the first, within the first like six weeks twice or something, and they got him both times. And I think that was more so that I don't think Parra took him seriously, to be honest. I thought they went up there and just thought it was an easy win, where this year teams won't have that. They'll go and look at the calendar and go, we've got the Cowboys, let's make sure we're on for this game. So... That might be the only slight concern. They're just going to make sure they're up mentally from the get-go. They won't have that chance to go, oh, we'll go and just surprise, say, the Broncos at home and we'll just smash them like they did that first game against them last year. So that's the Cowboys. And I feel like we've got now a similar team where some sort of similar statements can be said, and that's the Cronulla Sharks. And, they they were got able to finish second in the regular season. They got that home final. They'll be this probably still too short. They weren't able to get the job done in a very close affair with the Cowboys, um, and then it sort of went downhill for them the next week as well. And we'll bundle that in straight sets. Now, for mine, I feel like that's a a sort of a slight preview into this year. And I say that in terms of I've got no doubt they've got some quality players, but I felt like. Once they got to the real hard sides, and that was evident in the final series, they just weren't quite there when they needed to be against some of those bigger teams. And I feel like this year's draw hasn't been as kind to them, so they're versing more of those teams more regularly. Um, they have the occasional double against some of those top four teams and things like that. So for mine, I'm a little bit concerned with the Sharks. I know that they've got, as I said, they, they do have quality, especially in the back line and things like that, but... I can see them slipping just. Um, what about you, Luke? Where, where are you at with the Sharks? I was probably really in line with your thoughts about before preseason. Now it's just, uh, it's just preseason. Yeah. Um, but I think when I just do the old comparison games to the others and think about a few things, and depth is a huge one for me, mm. and they just look like they're on the same page and I do think a lot of their players are just trending upwards I think yeah. look the lights you've got the old farts there like Wade Graham and big respect to Wade Graham and you had Fafita who retired and and all them but a lot of them guys are going to be peaking and 
I just think they've got the depth to cover injuries, and I think they are just in a really good position. Um, the thing that, like we, we've talked about before, about when one team needs to drop out of the eight, the other team has to do, and it always happens each year. You never see the same eight sides doing it. And I thought with – I was trying to – for a long time, I thought, well, the logic is either one of the cows or the sharks is going to have a full. Not a full out of the eight, but just yeah. notable. I just think those teams are both going to be what oh, we're not going to do it. So you're going to do it. No, we're not going to do it. So I think they're both going to make a slight adjustment this year. And at the end of the day, my biggest thing is I think Nico Hines is going to be even better, which is scary. Um, Maybe he doesn't pull the same amount of Dallian points. Well, I'd be very surprised. I think that was just, yeah. Uh, But at the end of the day, he just, it was his first full season as halfback. Crazy. It's just crazy to see. Um, I think Blake, Blake Braley is one of the more underrated hookers in the game, if not the most underrated hook in the game. Royce Hunt, you've got the guy, Oregon Confuci coming in. Teague Wilton, I think he's won over a lot of fans. I, I And I'm just a huge Ronaldo Militaro fan. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about him and Brian Toto as the best wingers in the comp. I actually consider Ronaldo just below Josh Adokar. Um, yeah. I'm... I think they're going to be my minor premiers. Yeah, wow. that's my prediction. Yeah, and I think their schedule is favourable. I think they also don't get as gutted um, out in terms origin. of origin as well. Yeah, and I think that's huge. When we're talking about regular season wins, and you brought up a good point about the tough teams. That's why I'm not saying they're going to be premiers, but I think when it comes to um, you know just winning those games to get them there. Yeah. I think they'll do quite well, but I am. I do share your concerns, though. Yeah, well, I think uh, the big thing for the Sharks, and it's been their best recruitment for probably five or so years, was the signing of Fitzgibbon as a coach. So mm. I feel like he's just such a great fit for that club at the moment, and they've extended him now for another, I think it's six years or something, and I don't blame him for doing that. Uh, normally, you'd probably meet that with some criticism, but I can understand why they've done that, and a slight, I know you mentioned the depth thing, and I, I do agree to a certain extent they have some good depth, especially in the forwards. I'm a bit worried when it comes to the likes of the of fullback and, and that position where if Kennedy goes down, which he w- did do last year, um, they've lost Luke Metcalf and Lachlan Miller late as well. And I felt like that's now a bit of pressure um, on Kennedy to make sure he sort of, is there because I feel like if he does go down, unfortunately, there's going to be a bit of a gap and even more pressure than on Nico Hines to step up. And I'm a massive Hines fan. I know when I put out a couple uh, last week the the top five for halfbacks for, for our page, um, I put him at four and I got a bit of flack for that because he's coming off a Dalian year. But my reasonings for that at the time was it's only been one year where he's been able to do that. I have no doubt Nico Hines is going to be a great player moving forward. I just want to see it again this year. And then if I see that again this year, he's going to be in the top two for sure. Mm. And that's Who's you have a, who did you have above him? Just curious. Uh, I had Cleary, I had Moses, and then I had uh, Jerome Hughes as well. So I just felt like all three have done that for a little bit longer and a bit more consistently. And that's no fault of Hines. He's just been behind a lot of players at the Storm, but he's now got his chance to come out and do it. I feel like he's the right man, but 
he just needs to get more of that big game experience, I feel. I, I think that's what really makes those top halfbacks. Mm. Yeah, no, that's fair. Cool. And I think the fullback point is really good because even when they shifted Hines to fullback last year, I remember it just wasn't – yeah, it just changed their whole team construction. Mm. I think it might have been against the lower team, maybe the Broncos. And, yeah, yeah it's just crazy how much just one little one little adjustment um, – can change. Yeah, can change. Can change how your team fires. But yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm excited about Craig Fitzgibbon as a coach as well. Um, you got a lot. He's one of those guys that got a lot of reps in it. You've seen the same with Cameron Serraldo as well. But yeah, so far so good for um. And I also, I always forget he's in the team. But Cameron McInnes, like, there's not yeah. many better bench players in the comp. Um, to be fair. And, a gap. and I think in a team like this, you need your McInnes's, you need your Finucans, um, you need your Toby Rudolphs as well. Yeah. Um, just every time I think, nah, they could be that slider. Yeah, I, I, I think minor premiers. The big call, but I'm sure Cronulla fans out there listening will be ecstatic by that. So mm. now... The premiers of last year, they're going for three straight in the Penrith Panthers, and I feel like they're slowly getting picked apart. We always know what happens with these premiership-winning teams. Every team wants a pit of the action. They feel like if they can recruit one or two players, they can get in on that action and find the secrets. But there's for mine, that this year is a real danger for the Panthers because they've had some key personnel picked out. And obviously, Coruscant is is one of those big ones. Kikau used to be so lethal for them on that left edge and, and help out um, the halves so much for, for the Panthers, especially when they were in trouble. It was sort of a give it to Kikau, let him break up some defenders, let's get off the back of that, play the ball. Then you got players like Katoa, who didn't really get a look in last year, but I think the fact that they had him in the wings for depth reasons was so key for, for them and they lost O'Sullivan as well. Um, we've, we talked about it last week and now, but Hopgood is going to be a talent, which I'm, I know they was a talent that they didn't want to lose. They've got some sort of the only real signings, Luke Gardner, for, from the uh, the West Tigers. They do have Tyrone Peachy back, but I don't think he's going to figure too much in that side, especially at full strength. Where are you at with the Panthers, Luke? Um, I think a slide, but I'm only saying a slide by one or two positions. I think they're going to be in a dogfight more than ever this year. Yeah, I think a dogfight is a really good summary. Um, once again, we'll go back to preseason. Look, it was one of those matches where we've got to take into account a few things, and Weber's one of them. First time playing as a unit um, as this new era. Also, Sonny Luke wasn't there. Um because a lot was made out of the difference between the nines and the night. Liam Martin is huge, and also Dylan Edwards. And I think Stephen Crichton's, you know, I think he's getting fair criticism, don't get me wrong, but, look, that's not the role he's going to be playing. And for just, this is a different topic, but for the ones that are Ryan Muffer's fullback for the Bulldogs, like, come on, you're kidding yourself. Like, it's just one game, a lot of his ears were just heat of the moment. I think he just wanted to make an impact. Yeah, but anyway, that's going off. When and talking about Croydon, all those guys are going to be. There's no player from the Panthers team in their defence that is going to be having to adjust to a different role. Like, you know, it's not like any. You know, it's not like Croydon does have to go to fullback this year. Like, oh, what does he look like at fullback? It's not like, you know, 
yeah, just the bigger, like we've seen in other years, teams having key players have to switch positions. At least we know their main men are staying in the same role. They've just got different pieces of artillery to support them. Um, but I am doubting the artillery a little bit. And also, I thought he was looked fantastic. Tail and May, that injury is huge. Yeah. Um, many, honestly, here's a Brian To'o clone to an yeah. extent. Um, I think, you know, and he carries, he carries a little bit of drama and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I would be, I would actually be surprised if they are minor premiers again. I think they will finish in the four. Um, but I think by the end of week one, or still going into week one, I wouldn't be shocked if they're still odds-on favourite to win the comp. Yeah. Um, do I think they're going to win the comp? Oh, might, I don't know. Do we want to reveal it today? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't think the closer the seasons get, the least likely I'm liking their chances. But, look, I think I say that every year. I think I talk myself out of them every time I've got the minor premiers in October, and then I've talked myself into them potentially slipping out of the four, and it's bit yeah. me in the butt every year. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. You still, I respect the Panthers. Like, they've got that swag, arrogance, sure, but they still do what they do. And I think every time we doubt them, they're, like, we doubt people like Liam Martin. Why does he make origin over this guy? Why is Jerome Luai not being considered, you know, to miss out a sixth spot and then they produce stuff like the World Cup and yeah, so yeah. And Isaiah Yo is the biggest X factor, one of the biggest X factors whole competition. I just think everyone forgets how he's one of those guys who think, yeah, no, Cameron Murray's better. Yeah, no, Victor Radley, he's on his toes. And then you watch Yo play and you go, Jeepers, yeah. this guy's numbers don't really speak for his value. So Panthers are definitely still going to be contenders. Yeah. But they are going to miss their X factors for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one thing with the Panthers, for mine, like the last two years, they've been so above the rest of the pack. Mm. They could have played eight out of ten games and still won games quite easily yep. and, and not broken a sweat. Now what I think's happened is this year they're going to be back with that pack and you've got to think about, is the rest of the pack, have they improved as much to get to them and scare them? Now, I only think probably two or three teams have or two or three teams will scare them. So I feel like, as you said, they're still a top two to three side for my, in my opinion. Where I'm very concerned at is the loss of um, chorus out hooker. Now, the hooker is probably the top two positions on the field at all time. Um maybe the most important a lot of people view it as. And when you go back in the history books, I feel like every grand final winner has had a, a standout hooker who's who's always there and leading from the front. I'm very concerned with Mitch Kenny if he can do that and then take off the pressure for the halves. Now, I've got no doubt, as you said, the halves are two of the best players in the in the world at the moment in the game. And, mm. But they have always had a very direct and very... On, on the ball hooker, and that's at rep level and that's at um, club level as well. They'll now have someone who isn't that quality. Like, you just got to call a spade a spade and just he's not there at the moment. Can he get there? I'm not too sure. I, I think it might be a stopgap solution. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the market over the next year or so for for another hooker. Um, but that, that is my definitely my concern. The other concern is depth in the halves. So if 
they've had such a good run, especially with injuries. If they do have one of those go down for an extended amount of time this year, do we have the quality at that club to make to come in and feel like everything can run smooth? They've lost two first grade players now in Katoa and O'Sullivan, who would have done that, and you would have gone, yet yeah, they'll just keep going. There's a bit of pressure there now in terms of I know their juniors are so good, but mm. it's just a different level. You can be good at juniors, and we've seen this with players all the time. And as soon as you get on that field in an NRL game and you're versing players that you've looked up to and things like that, you, your mind just completely changes. So that's probably the two concerns from mine for Penrith going back to back to back. Yeah, and that, that's fair, right? And look, I don't, do I come out with this hot take? I I think Coruscant is a huge loss. And I think any other year, it's the biggest loss in the whole competition. Mm. I, I think I, I'm a Sonny Luke guy. I do really value him. And I think by the time the season gets on, I think they'll he'll get used to playing that pace. It's definitely not going to be the same as Epicasso, but I think Kikau's the huge loss, man. I yeah. think he's the biggest. I, I, I honestly probably would change my mind 10 times a day on it. Um, <laughs> that just shows how much of a league fan I am that I'm thinking about this so much. But Kikat, for me, I think he's a bigger loss. I just think, and I think it's because he impacts. Like, I, I still doubt Luai at times. I just do. And then the edge, it's just it's just such a youthful team. And I think having Kikat being your bodyguard, your connector on one side, is so valuable. And... Yeah, I just think it's more, it's less about Coruscant's impact or Kikau's impact, and it's more just the guys, the partnership that he's got with the others. I, I just had been so impressed by Kikau. Um, yeah, but I know that's one of those things like, oh, how can you pick a second row of being a bigger loss than the hooker? And I think Coruscant is tremendous. Um, but I just quite like Sonny Luke, and I just think, I think they'll get, I just think they can replace his value. I I think Kikau's value is a little bit underrated, yeah. but that's this is a hot take, and I could honestly I could be very much proven wrong. And in the Super League um, game, yeah, you you're seeing his value lost completely. But yeah, I yeah I'm just thinking Kikau is going to be a huge loss for them. Yeah, no, I I agree there. That is the season preview done, guys, and I feel like. We wouldn't be doing anyone justice if we've now just finished a video like that and just say, see you later, we'll see you next week, talk about round one. Now I want some bold predictions from you. Um, I want to get – we're not going to do too many. We're just going to keep it to the the Premiers, the Wooden Spooners, Surprise Packet, and the Dalian winner. So we'll go one for one. Who are your yeah. Premiers? Who's winning the comp in 2023? I've talked myself in the Cowboys. I really yeah. have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think um, – I've still got ifs, buts, and maybes about probably the two favourites, which are Roosters and Panthers. And I think having a good regular season there is going to be really key to get them into the spot. And yeah, I think I think they're trending. I think they're trending in the right way. And there's less players with injury clouds and stuff like that. It all changes, but um, yeah, I'm just liking the cows. Like I said, a little bit of bias there, but I actually think I've. I'm actually quite feeling quite validated in my reasoning now. Yeah. So yeah, the cows for me. I'm 
I thought about this so much lately. I feel like, and I know people say this every year, this is the closest season of footy to date in probably a good five to six years. I feel like there's such an open race at the moment, especially with Penrith coming back to the pack so much. I could see two or three teams winning the comp. I've said a team from the start of these videos, and I'm going to stick with them, but I've a little bit of doubts creeping my mind lately about them, but that's the Roosters. I feel like the Roosters will win the comp, but I'm I'm a bit iffy. I'm starting to talk myself out of the Roosters, if I'm honest. So, so Yeah, so the Roosters were a team that, you know, the whole offseason I thought they're going to be a team that I'm going to talk myself into. Um, and I'm like, yeah, this week I'm going to confirm that. And then, I'm just, and then it gets closer. And then, you know, I was saying last week, yeah, I'm not actually that concerned about them being slow starters. Those thoughts are creeping back into my head. It's just the reality of it. Um, yeah, no, I but to be fair, man, if they're fit and firing in terms of on paper, the oh, roosters are the team. It's yeah, it's, the back line is gonna be phenomenal, especially if Tom Young ends up getting there this year. Um mm. wooden spooners title that no team wants and no fans want to hear their team being predicted to get. Unfortunately, there's always got to be one team. Um a lot of people are saying the Dolphins are the easy targets here, but I'm going a different way. I'm going to lock in the Dragons. I feel like at the moment and even more so the last week or so, that club is an absolute bath case. It is a dog's breakfast, and I don't feel like it's getting any better throughout the year. I feel like it's going to continue to, to nosedive, and they're going to get the, the wooden spoon in my eyes. Uh, who, who's yours? So last week, or no, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying about the Dragons. They're one of those teams where, you know, you fit, you're putting forward in spoons that end up going to the middle of the table. But I think this is the year that they lose their coach. Um, yeah. And for that, I have come around to them being wooden spooners. And also just on the season, just the off-season kind of made me realise, look, yeah, I think I was underestimating just talent in general because I was talking myself, out of the Broncos and the Seagulls. Now, it's not like I've taught them so much that I've put them in my eight, but I just think they got enough talent. And I I do think there's, you know, if I have a quick look, I've just got a little draft letter here. A lot of the coaches are either new or, yeah, we're kind of in that um, area where it's like this is their last chance and Dragons yeah. obviously fall in there. And, gosh, what about the off? And they haven't trended well this week. So coming off the back of a pretty embarrassing loss to the Rabbitohs as well. So, yeah, forget everything I said a couple of weeks prior. Also, <laughs> could you be surprised if this is la- this has been Hunt's last year as a dragon and gets a- out of the contract? Like, you know, he's had such a resurgence after the drop ball incident. Like, this is be- not how he should end his career. <laughs> so I, feel- I honestly, I'm- I've talked myself into the dragons too. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of people saying them as well. I've, I'm just going to say it, and hopefully I don't get kicked out of the country. I did have New Zealand Warriors there for a long time. <laughs> I don't see that. I feel like they'll get a few emotional wins at home, so I think they'll get yeah. enough just to, to clear them there. Um, surprise packets of the year. Which team can you see just surprising everyone? Um, well, I've got the Bulldogs making the biggest leap for okay. me. Yeah, but... Then it's like, is that a, like, they're, at the moment, they're in my sixth spot. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, but it's just one of those things, like, they've done heaps of recruitment. So, yeah, that'd be my pick, but I just, yeah. It's one of those ones, because I think still, like, we talked about this when we did the preview, that even though some people have been quite smart and realising that, you know, bringing all this talent in, it doesn't just work overnight, but I just think it will. And even the loss the other day, I didn't lose too much hope. Like, they lost to the team and the Sharks that I've obviously rated quite highly. Um yeah, I think the Bulldogs are going to click. I think their four, I think their four pack is legit. They they've got star players. Um, yeah, I, I yeah dogs, for sh- dogs definitely. I'm just having a look at my ladder if there's any other surprise packets, but they're the only team I've got in my eight that was in the eight last year. So yeah. they have to be it. I've gone the Titans. I, I really like the additions of Foran and Verils in key positions, which is something I feel like was really their major weaknesses last year. Uh, I really think Holbrook can coach, and I think this year we're going to probably see that and see the Titans really surprised. I don't think they're going to be a Sharks or, Cow- or Cowboys of last year and make the four, but I think they're going to be around that eight sort of area for pretty much the whole season and being that sort of dogfight for it. But um yeah, I really just like the Titans. I like the fact they've got Fasua Malawi there. They've got um, Fafita who can, if he can find his form again with Foran um, with him, and, and we've also talked about uh, Tana Boyd's influence on him, he might mm. be able to come back to have one of those really good years. It's a contract year, I think, for him. So his manager will want him to get the big bucks, and that's always a good incentive for, for players. And I really just like players like Firmer as well. Um, I really think the Titans can do something. They're only... Concern for mine is their back line is looking a little bit weak, but they've got some good young talent we've seen over the trials. So they're my surprise packets. Dalian, last one for us before we, we finish up. And I've gone, I've sort of thought because the Dalian always is a team where it's sort of not star started, it's sort of with players who do their job and there's one or two players who stand out and that way the points aren't shared too much. I've gone Mitch Moses. From Para, I feel like he might have a one of those years where he really steps up. They've lost two players who are really getting a lot of points in Papali'i and Marnie uh, for the Dalian count. So I feel like really whenever they win, you're probably going to expect him and Gutho and maybe Dill Brown to get some points. So I feel like he'll be consistently in the points if Para can at least make on the edge of the top four and get enough of those wins. So I've gone Moses. Um and I promise, guys, I'm not trying to be biased with that. I actually sort of put a bit of thought in, into that one. Uh, Luke? I'm going back-to-back, back, Nico Hines. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, especially, like, when I'm thinking, like, I've got them, I've got the minor premiers, and he still is the, the key guy there. Um, look, I'll just toss up some names that, like, I've changed it a few times. Um, I do think Drinkwater's, uh, uh, you know, smoky as well. But I do think there will actually be a lot of points taken off him. And mm. I think, like, even, like, guys, like, because a lot of times you think, oh, spine players take him off. But he's got players like Tamalolo that can take him off. He's got Holmes that can take him off him. Um, the Panthers, I almost, I was also tossing up Nathan Cleary. I was also tossing up Dylan Edwards. Yeah. Just because you have games where he's scoring two tries or a try assist in the try, but and then you're also going to have those games where he's getting 300 metres as well. Yeah. Um. So he was actually, for me, a long time. And then Nathan Clear, we don't have to explain that one. Um. Yeah, and then I think for me, because of my Bulldogs, because I do, I 
Manny Burdham. But I just think Hines is, a, yeah, a good shout. And it's like, if I don't, if I'm not right and they're not my premiers, I still think they'll be sitting pretty in the eight. And he's going to be getting twos and threes when they win quite often. The good thing with so. Hines is he, he won't share much many points. And exactly. at the moment, the media love him. They absolutely adore everything he does. And uh, I, I can sort of see exactly where you're coming from. And if it's not Moses, I'd be probably putting Hines as my second choice. Um, I feel like the only thing, and we'll touch on this throughout the year, and I'll be real quick, I feel like the Dallium seriously needs to change up in terms of how it's Ooh. voted and, and points because the way, like, as you're talking about there and, and what we're talking about is splitting points. For mine, if, say... If um, the Cowboys win, and let's say Val Holmes and Chad Townsend and Reese Robson all have like nine out of ten games, just rate every player out of ten and just add it up throughout the year and get to whoever gets gets the points. Like I don't feel like it's fair that you, if four players have really good games, you're picking out one player. I just I just don't like that. The fact that players can take points off each other, I just really don't like it. I disagree with the 10 player thing because the rugby league week um, did that. Sorry, not the 10 player thing, the 10 point system. Yeah. The rugby league week used to do that and Corey Parker would win it every year. It's, it's a lot to do with health as well. If there's a way to average it out and do all that, yeah, yeah. sure. I There's a side of me that really does love the Delhi M and watching the, the day of, and I don't, and oh, I'm going to ask about the AFL if you know a bit about that, their system and how they do it. But, um, I do like just, you know, watching the votes come in each game. And I do think I, I would just change it. You have three or four judges that are proper judges, you know, like legit watch the game. They're not commentating on the side. They're watching the game every week. And I'll change it to 5-4-3-2-1. Yeah. Or so, just a little bit higher because you're giving three points in 17 players. Sorry, 34 players a play. So that's... That's ten percent of the players get awarded. Yeah. So, for me, I I, I I do like the intrigue of it. It was one of those nights as a young footy fan, a high schooler. It was one of my favourite nights. So it's definitely lost that appeal now. But yeah, there's a side of me that still doesn't want to completely buff it. And I think at the end of the day, you still most of the time get the best player. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because then Tommy wouldn't have got it if you went your way. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just putting it out there. True. Um, yeah. That's it, guys. We'll debate that again. I feel that's a topic <laughs> that we need to come up with and, and talk about. Before we get kicked out, I just want to say thank you to everyone so far who's tuned in. This is our season preview over and done with. Timed it perfectly. Round one video next week. Cannot wait. Footy season's back. Uh, thanks for all the support, and we'll see you next week. Awesome. Cheers, Tom.